listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's the 12th of October. Welcome to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. And in case you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Stop, drop and financially disclaim. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hi Alice. Hey Jose, how's it going? Very good, thank you. Did you feel the earthquake? I did, it was a small little shake here in Wellington. You yeah. didn't feel it in Auckland? No, I didn't. You, you called it a, a little bubba. Yeah. It was very cute. I did. Yeah, it was just, well, a <laughs> just a wee rock. Just a wee rock. I'm glad everyone's uh, safe and sound there. Yeah, exactly. Now, shall we get into the news for today? Shall we start off with Air New Zealand? Yeah, that's an excellent idea. So it was announced this morning that the national carrier will receive up to $170 million in government subsidies. Okay, now I was under the impression that Air New Zealand had already received a big package of support from the government. Is this something new? Uh, yes, sort of. So this is an extension of six hundred million of a $600 million package the government had already pledged to help the aviation industry through the impacts of COVID-19. So back in March, they formalised uh, the part of that package that took care of international air freight, and they called it MIAC. Oh, no. Set off the acronym slow jam. We haven't heard this in a while. I know, it's like an old friend. I just completely yeah. forgot about it. And then all of a sudden it sneaks up on you. Uh, so, Mayak. Mayak. So, Mayak stands for maintaining international air connectivity. And it means the government allocated money which airlines could access to keep crucial air freight links alive. So presumably freight uh, was getting affected, just like everything else, um, by the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So with the borders closed and there being almost no passenger demand, freight rates have spiked and made it much more difficult and much more costly for airlines to provide cargo services. So for example, I was reading earlier, according to Freight Freightways, which is a freight company involved in the scheme, according to them, once international passengers stopped, the price per kilogram to move freight increased by more than 300%. Well, okay, so what are the details of the support granted to Air New Zealand today? Yeah, so the $170 million will take the carrier through the next five months, so it goes through to March uh, 2022. Air New Zealand says it's a busy part of the export season, uh, so they're, they're glad of the support. Uh, and so a lot of New Zealand produce will be heading overseas. Uh, for example, there'll be lots of lamb heading over to the UK for Christmas. It also maintains uh, those connections to markets like North America. Uh, and it means they've been able to add uh, three return services a week to Vancouver, for example. But all over, uh, the extension allows for 65 flights a week, to those markets mentioned, but also into Asia and also into the Pacific. Cool, thanks for that, Jose. Now, I've got some news about one of the big four banks. Ah, oh, that's great. So uh, the big four banks in Australia and uh, New Zealand, of course. Uh, which one was the news about today? 
It was from Westpac. Uh, now, Westpac is dual listed on the Australian and New Zealand stock exchanges. They made an announcement today to, um, to the market. Um, so Westpac is due to release their full year financial results on the 1st of November. Now that's for the year ended the 30th of September. But the bank started to manage expectations today by announcing that the bank's profit will be taking a $1.3 billion hit due to a number of notable items, as they called. Right. So uh, $1.3 billion sounds like a lot of money to an everyday person like you or my. Like if I got a bill for $1.3 billion in the mail, I would be absolutely sweating it, I have to say. But how much is that really in the context of Westpac and how they've previously done? Yeah, so Westpac does usually deal in the range of like billions of dollars. For context, for the 2020 financial year, Westpac made a $2.3 billion profit. The year before that, it was $6.8 billion. And then for the six months ended the 30th of March this year, Westpac reported a net profit of $3.4 billion. Okay, so going back to the announcement today, what are some of the things that Westpac saying contribute to that $1.3 billion hit? So the majority, or uh, $956 million worth, is due to write-downs of assets in Westpac's institutional banking division. Now, what's been happening in that part of the business is that it's been going through a bit of change. They've been consolidating or sort of tightening up some of their operations in Asia. Uh, They've gotten out of doing energy trading. And then because interest rates are really low at the moment, this also reduces the outlook of um, the division's profits. Um, You know, like they make less money off loans. Mm, Okay, so what I want to know is what exactly is a write-down? I don't know if you'll be regretting asking yourself that (laughs) question in a minute, Jose, because I'm about to lead you down into the wonderful world of accounting. I'm ready. Take Uh, me there. Okay. Now, I will note, um, just before I get into it, that different companies will be subject to different accounting rules and policies and that. Uh, But generally, in a business, assets are recorded in the financial statements at what's called their carrying value. Now, in reality, um, like the market value of an asset can change. So like if you went to the market to sell the asset, the value that you get for it might be different to what it's recorded in the financial statements as. So if the market value of an asset falls below what's recorded, um, what it's recorded in the financials at, in some situations, a company will have to write off that difference between the two values as an expense. And that's called an impairment. Right. So that's what's happened in Westpac's Westpac's case, right? It is. So Westpac has to do this test every year. It's called their annual impairment test. Um, Very original name, I thought. Now, so what they do is they check the value of their assets as, um, you know, sort of what they could get if they sold them versus what they're recorded at in the books. And in the institutional banking division, they've had to write down just under a billion dollars worth of assets. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for the explainer, Alice. That was great. Hey, I'm always happy to get into some accounting. <laughs> Absolutely. So so what were some of the other expenses adding to that $1.3 billion amount? Uh, so there were provisions that Westpac has put aside related to legal action and then potentially having to make remediations or refunds to customers. And all up the impact of this, Westpac said, would be a $172 million decrease in profit. Right. Okay. And what else has been going on? 
Uh, the last group of notable items was related to asset sales and revaluations, which uh, Westpac said would have an overall $182 million negative effect on profit. Now, Westpac said that this was largely related to the bank selling its life insurance business, uh, Westpac Life Insurance Services, earlier in the year. Um, they said there were, there were some hefty costs associated with this transaction and separating it out of Westpac. So I guess the thing from here is uh, the next thing is to keep an eye out for the full year results that come out on the 1st of November. Exactly, you've got it. And to finish up, what have you got for us, Jose? Well, just a brief return to the wonder of flight, if I may. Uh, So Rocket Lab says it's going to resume launches in mid-November. Yeah, so they've been grounded for some time, right? Yeah, so they've been unable to get anything in space for the last two months uh, due to the COVID restrictions placed on Auckland. Now, they've set dates for two launch windows on the 11th and the 27th of November. They will be putting up two satellites for a company called Black Sky as part of an agreement between Rocket Lab and the aerospace company Space Flight Inc., all right, and what does Black Sky do? So Black Sky is a company listed on the New York Stock Exchange. It has a number of satellites already in orbit, providing satellite imagery and what's called geospatial intelligence. Uh, it has and has had uh, government and military contracts, and it says its services are used for analytics for a number of uh, different industries like for transportation, defence and also for humanitarian aid. Uh, it actually went public recently, in fact uh, last month, in much the same way uh, Rocket Lab did, which is a virus back, which we talked about at the time. Uh, very top line, very basically, that means a company can list on an exchange by piggybacking on another company. But to come back to the two launches in November, they'll proceed uh, a third launch which will put up another two satellites for Black Sky, and that will probably happen in the new year. And that's brought us to the end of the show. Thank you so much to everyone out there for listening. We do appreciate it. That was Recap for the 12th of October. And please consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people find Recap. Absolutely. Matua. Kaki Tiano. 